now going to do the most important thing we do here at Soul Revival Church and read from the Bible. So this is from uh, Revelations chapter 5. The Scroll and the Lamb. Then I saw in the right hand of him who sat on the throne with writing on both sides and sealed with seven seals. And I saw a mighty angel proclaiming in a loud voice, Who is worthy to break the seals and open the scroll? But no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth could open the scroll or even look inside it. I wept and wept because no one was found who was worthy to open the scroll or look inside. Then one of the elders said to me, Do not weep. See the lion, see the lion of the tribe of Judah. The root of David has triumphed. He is able to open the scroll and its seven seals. Then I saw a lamb, looking as if it had been slain, standing at the centre of the throne, encircled by the four living creatures and the elders. The lamb had seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God, which sent out into all the earth. He went and took the scroll from the right hand of him who sat on the throne. And when he had taken it, the four living creatures and the twenty-four elders fell down before the lamb. Each one had a harp, and they were holding golden bowls of incense, which, which are the prayers of God's people. Well, good day, everyone, and uh, welcome to Sunday afternoon. It's terrific to finish up our weekend together with this passage in Revelation chapter 5, as we look at the fact that Jesus is going to ultimately end all suffering. Uh, this weekend, we've been looking at the rule of Christ and how he is in charge, despite all the problems that we're facing in this world. Uh, coronavirus is an example of the the fallenness of the world that we live in. And um, some people have um, asked the question of where is God with all this suffering? Why doesn't God intervene and actually stop this suffering? Well, Jesus himself addressed that um, very question in Matthew 24. And in Matthew 24, he talks about the fact that um, into the future, he will come again. Uh, as Christians, we like to call this the second coming of Christ. If the first coming of Christ is Jesus has come to save, the second coming of Christ is where Jesus is coming to judge and is coming to end suffering and sin and evil once and for all. Uh, now in Matthew chapter 24, uh, we read this in verse 30. Then will appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven. And then all the peoples of the earth will mourn when they see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. You see, that's interesting, isn't it? Because that contrasts how Jesus leaves us after he dies on the cross and rose from the dead. Uh, he appears to his disciples and he appears to many in many forms. And then he ascends back up into heaven and the apostles watch Jesus go up into the clouds and they see him go into the clouds. And that is helpful for them to see that Jesus is now gone to be with his father uh, not that heaven's in the clouds where Jesus goes into the clouds, but he's gone to be with his father and he's now seated at the right hand side of uh, God on the throne in heaven and he's ruling. So he's ascended into heaven. The second coming, however, Jesus is going to come from the clouds. Interesting, isn't it? And he's going to come with great power and great glory. And in verse 31 of chapter 24, it says, And he will send his angels with a trumpet call and they will gather his elect from the four winds, from all the ends of the earth to the other. So there's this sense that at the second coming of Jesus, he's going to come in judgment and first he collects the, um, the elect. In other words, those who have put their trust in Jesus are saved from the judgment of Christ. But then he's going to come to judge and, and bring to an end all the evil in this world by, uh, by those means. Now, many people um, have heard that and for some that's a satisfying answer to the 
what's God doing about suffering? For some people, it's like, okay, that makes sense. There is suffering in this world. Christ has come once to save us. And now there is a, a now not yet tension we have, isn't there? There's this um, time where Christ is ruling and he is saving many people who are putting their faith in Jesus for an eternity of salvation to enjoy eternity with God forever. So in every generation, God continues to call people to uh, trust in Jesus. And so the number of those being saved is increasing. So God almost is like staying his hand and, and holding back his final judgment to allow the full number of those who are going to be saved to be saved. So for me, there's a bit of an answer there to the reason for suffering. Why is there suffering? Because there are still more people who are yet to be saved. And so God is um, allowing us to be left here in this broken world. And uh, in fact, in John 17, Jesus prays for us while we remain in this world that we would stay here in this fallen world to continue to preach the gospel so that more people might be saved. But we live in a time of suffering because the, the world is fallen. And COVID-19 is an example of that. So as I look at that suffering, I'm thinking two things. I'm thinking we are suffering through a time, but I'm trying to pray for patience so that I can be patient too through the suffering, knowing that God is allowing suffering to continue so that more and more people might be saved. But then at the same time, I'm thinking, well, when is the end going to come, Lord? When, when is enough enough? Like when is enough suffering going to be happen? And the disciples at the time of Jesus were asking the same question here in Matthew. And the answer really, when they've said to Jesus, you know, who's, how do we know when all this is going to happen? How long is suffering going to last? Jesus says in verse 36 of Matthew 24, he says, But about that day or hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. So in other words, Jesus himself doesn't even know how long it's going to be before the second coming happens. But in the meantime, he says the world is going to continue on in this fallen state. In verse 6 of Matthew 24, he says, You will hear of wars and rumours of wars, but you will see it. Uh, sorry, you will, you will hear of wars and rumours of wars, but see to it that you are not alarmed. Such things must happen, but the end is still to come. So the idea is that there is suffering and it's going to be times of terrible suffering. And and, you know, that's like the, the pains of childbirth. The child, there's pain before the baby is born. So it's actually understandable when people look around and go, oh, is this evidence of the, you know, the time is coming to an end? Could COVID-19 be a sign of the end of the world? Well, one of the things that you get from looking at Christian history is you often see that at times of great suffering or particularly strange suffering, Christians often ask that question. You know, was Adolf Hitler, the Antichrist, who had come to... Um, usher in the, the end of the age so that Jesus would come back. Uh, well, Hitler came in, he went, and it was a time of terrible suffering, far greater than the suffering we're going through now. But it wasn't the final suffering, was it? So how do we know if the final suffering is coming or when it's coming? Well, Jesus is saying no one knows, but what we need to be is ready. And so this is where we come back to Revelation chapter 5. Because if we look at Revelation chapter 5, again, we're coming into the throne room of God and we're going to get a glimpse into this moment where in the future, Jesus will come back in the second coming. And there's this moment before that takes place in Revelation chapter 5, verses 1 to 5. And this is part of the answer to the answer of suffering. There is a time coming where Jesus will come. And here in Revelation 5, there's... Uh, 
there's, there's this language of a scroll and there's this writing on the scroll and the scroll has double sides. It's got seven seals on the scroll. And there's this idea here in Revelation that there's this scroll that needs to be opened. So when the scroll is opened, then that can usher in the final judgment so that suffering will be brought to an end and evil and wrongdoing will be dealt with by God's wrath. In verse 2 of Revelation 5, And I saw a mighty angel proclaiming in a loud voice, Who is worthy to break the seals and open the scroll? But no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth could open the scroll or even look inside it. And here John weeps, I wept and I wept because no one was found who was worthy to open the scroll or to look inside. Then one of the elders said to me, Do not weep. See the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has triumphed. He is able to open the scroll. So here we get this glimpse into the victory of Christ on the cross and now he is glorified and he's ruling in such authority that he is actually described as the root of David. And what's really exciting about that is that God had promised David, who was just a young shepherd boy, that he would become king of Israel and he would start a, a line of kings that would never end. And yet we know from the story of David that not only did David fail in his service of the Lord, but so did his son Solomon and so on and so on until his line was, was ended in exile in Babylon. But there was this promise that God had given to David that one would come who was worthy to actually continue on the line. And Jesus is actually a descendant of David. And so Jesus is directly from the root of David. And here he's described as the lion of the tribe of Judah, of course, that is the tribe of David. He has triumphed. How did Jesus triumph? Well, when he was born and when he lived, unlike all the kings of Israel before him, he was perfect. He completely obeyed God's word and he was completely blameless and sinless. And he triumphed over sin and death because when he was executed, of course, he rose from the dead. And so because of his work on the cross, he is able to open this scroll. In verse 6, it talks about, Jesus being a lamb and directly links his victory to the cross. Verse 6, Then I saw a lamb looking as though it had been slain, standing at the centre of the throne, encircled by four living creatures, these angelic creatures and the elders that, that are there around the throne of God. Uh, the lamb had seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent out into all the earth. And he took the scroll from the right hand of him who sat on the throne. And when he had taken it, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the lamb and each one with a harp and golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of God's people. There's a lot of symbolic language that's going on here. But basically we see Jesus and his authority to open this scroll that's been handed to him by God. So God has actually named the hour has come. Jesus has taken the, th the scroll and it's time for the final judgment. Now, if we read on, the creatures in heaven that have been waiting for suffering to end and waiting for evil to end for eons begin to sing in joy. You are worthy to take the scroll and open its seals because you were slain on the cross and with your blood you purchased for God persons from every tribe and language and people and nation. Now, this morning at our gathering, we talked about the fact that um, as God's people, we've been brought to life by our faith in Jesus Christ. It was as though we were dead in our transgressions and now we're alive in Christ. And the way we come alive spiritually is because what Jesus has done for us on the cross. We can't do anything to help ourselves because we are dead in our transgressions. A dead person can't do anything to resuscitate themselves. But in Ephesians chapter 2, Paul says, 
God actually takes the, 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 the human being who is spiritually dead and brings them alive in Christ. And it's through his blood that he purchases us. In other words, that he died in our place for the wrongdoing we've done and his blood covers our sins. And so his blood purchases us so that we actually might be God's possession. The only thing that divides us from God is our sin. And we can escape the coming wrath if we accept Christ's death on the cross as payment for our sins and we can be forgiven. And so we become part of the elect. That was mentioned in Matthew 24. In verse 10, you made them to be a kingdom of priests to serve our God and they will reign on earth. Then I looked and I heard the voice of many angels numbering thousands upon thousands, tens upon tens of thousands. Isn't that a fantastic picture? Just imagine that song. It would have been incredible to see that. And it would be an amazing experience. They encircled the throne. And the living creatures and the elders in a loud voice saying, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain. Receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength, honour and glory and praise. Then I heard every creature in heaven on earth and under the earth and on the sea and all that is in them saying, To him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb, be praise and honour and glory and power forever and ever. For the living creatures said, Amen. And the elders fell down and they worshipped. Basically, there is a time that is coming where Jesus is going to end suffering and death and tears. Now, if we were to fast forward to the end of Revelation, we get a picture of the reality of those of us that have put our faith in Jesus and trusted in that moment where we've actually accepted that we are responsible for our sin and that we need forgiveness. We can turn to Christ and in repentance and faith, trust in Jesus' work. The result is we will be amongst those who are singing these praises. We will so be filled with joy that will literally be in heaven, Revelation 21 says, without any tears for mourning and sadness and weeping and pain is all gone because that's all part of the old order. It's all passed away. So there will be a time where suffering comes and the hope is found in Jesus Christ. And for those of us who are in this now not yet time where we're waiting for that day, that final day where all these things will be brought to fulfillment, we need to be found ready, that we need to be about the Lord's work before he comes. That if he was to come tonight, that he would find us ready for him and that we are actually helping other people to understand that there is hope beyond the suffering they experience today if they put their faith in Jesus. And as we wait for Jesus, as we're about his work, let's continue to love and to help each other. Let's continue to be honest and kind. Let's continue to repent of our sin and fight against the sinful nature. Let's continue to seek to find ways that we can help other people in need and put ourselves last and put other people's needs first. Let's continue to do this at that time and let's continue to pray for the day where Jesus will come back to take us home. Amen. One way. Thanks again for listening to the Soul Revival Church podcast. Just a reminder, if you want to watch any of these services that we hold live, you can go to soulrevivalchurch.com and you can see all the gatherings up the top of the page. You can choose anyone you wish. It can be on Friday, Saturday or Sunday. Thanks again and one way. Music is OK by Ixon.